Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cog Podcast, the reigning defending podcasting champion of the world. And in the words of UFC Hall of Famer Randy Couture, you want this belt, you're going to have to come over here and take it. And that leads me to my guest today, who is also a warrior. Now, she's not a warrior of the octagon, but a warrior of the heart. And she goes by one name, and that name is Sloan. Now, to give you some background on Sloan, she's a former business attorney turned master business and lifestyle consultant. Sloan successfully scaled her boutique law firm in Santa Monica to over 400 clients, all while traveling the world. Now, having been behind the scenes of hundreds of businesses, she's had a unique vantage point to catch blind spots in operations, profitability, and her client's mindset around it all. After coaching hundreds of clients to help them through their toughest business challenges, Sloan sold her near seven-figure firm to pursue her true calling. Now as a visionary business and lifestyle consultant, Sloan educates and aspires ambitious women from around the globe who are ready to expand beyond conventional possibilities to live and play full out. Sloan, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to the One Broken Cog podcast. Brian, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I love the work you're doing and I can't wait for our conversation. Yeah, me too. Same here. Now, I got to tell you, you are officially the first person I've spoken to that has one name. So this was obviously a big decision and a big step for you to take. When was the decision made to legally change it and, and why was the decision made at all? You know, uh, the big picture of the decision is that I really live my life following my inner guidance, and that has led me to some wild, interesting, juicy places, including <laughs> on this topic, which was for a long time, I just felt like my name wasn't a fit for me. And I had so much growth and evolution, and I was open to a new name. And honestly, when I first thought of that, I thought it was kind of weird I had known someone who changed her last name, and I remember actually being a little judgy about it. And then when it came up for me, I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is strange. But I, I was open and pursuing it. And when I heard the name Sloan, I just felt like, this is me. And I asked friends and family to start calling me Sloan, and I started shifting a little bit with my clients. And I was looking for a last name because I was going to completely shift my name. And for over a year, I just, there was no last name that came to me. I was looking on billboards and I'm reading baby books and doing things with my mom and daughter. And I mean, all over the place. And finally, I just realized I'm just Sloan. And so I changed my name to Sloan, one name only. And here we are. So you wanted to reinvent yourself. Was it after you left the law firm? Um. You know, the actual name change was, but no, the process of shifting my name began while I was still practicing law. How has it been received? <laughs> That's a great question. I, it's been received in a lot of different ways, and it was very interesting to see how a lot of people were activated by it. And what I came to see was this, which I think is really interesting for anybody who's had a change or thinking about a change to notice this piece, which is that when you change, there's always something reflected back to anyone in your life about themselves. And so it can reflect how they want to change and they're not. It can reflect how they're inspired and they're excited to go for it in their own life and anything in between. And so thankfully I was in a place where 
most of it I didn't take personally, but some of it, it's, it's hard because there are people who are really activated by it. And then other people are like, yeah, go for it. This is awesome. So I had the, a wide variety of interactions with people over this. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah. when you're going out on dates, has it been intimidating to men or has it just been, hey, listen, no worries. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> figure this out. You know, I'm going on a date tonight, so I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Is it, so this is not the first date though. It's just Sloan, right? There's been many before this. There have been. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't think so, but I'm just Well, you haven't me. dated them since, so there's your answer, right? <laughs> right. Right. Now, Sloan, you were a lawyer in your past life. When did you realize that coaching was your calling and what really led you to pivot from law to coaching? Because you were doing well financially. Well, what was the, the catalyst behind this move? It was actually really natural. So in my law firm, I actually left big law. Originally, I was working at the fourth largest law firm in the world. And I left to start my own business, which is unheard of. And everybody just thought I had gone off the deep end at that time. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have an amazing business. And so I left this big job and I started my law firm. And the first six months of this firm, I only made $12,000. And for me at that time, that was really embarrassing and I was scared and I needed to make money and I didn't know what to do. So I sought out a coach, somebody who could teach me how to build a successful business. And that was just about 10 years ago now. And what transpired over that time was that I started, as I started learning about building a successful business and I started having coaches and mentors and growing and getting success in business, I started telling my legal clients, hey, I can help you with a lot more than just your legal work. I can actually help you in building your company. So I started doing consulting and mentoring and just a bunch of work there. And then I formed a separate company to do it. And at some point really realized I can help people in a much deeper way by helping them to grow and then to build successful businesses around their lives and all that than I can as a lawyer it's time to sell my firm. So I sold it to do the coaching and consulting full time. That's great. Now, did you have to overcome any adversity or obstacles along the way? Yes, a hundred percent. You know, I, it's, it's so interesting. I'll tell you when I started thinking of adversity and obstacles as just a regular course of business, it really changed everything for me because as I'm sure you experience and every single person listening who's an entrepreneur experiences, it really is part of being an entrepreneur. If you're growing, there are obstacles. So the biggest one for me was, uh, well, I don't even know if I would say that a big one for me was after I sold my law firm and I was coaching full time, I had gotten into uh, coaching other lawyers and helping them build their firms. And uh, that was going really well. And my business was great. And I, at that point, decided to make some big changes in my life. And it was kind of, I was in a situation where from the outside, my life looked really perfect and great. And even in a lot of ways, I was like, this is what I've always wanted. And actually inside, I was feeling really lonely. And I made the decision at that time to end my relationship with my partner to really actually put all my relationships with everybody besides my daughter on hold 
and go within and look like, how did I do this? What's going on that I'm feeling this way? And how did I create this life? And at that time, I really got to see a lot more of the truth about myself and how I was showing up and some darkness inside of me and everything. And what happened in my business was, imagine I'm doing all this really deep personal work and searching and growth. And I've been doing that for a decade, but now it was like on a whole nother level. And the way I was coaching my clients shifted. And what I realized at that time was that more than half of my clients weren't going to actually come with me on this journey, meaning they didn't now, they weren't really up for being coached with the depth that I could help people in. And so through a series of conversations and months and time, I actually reduced my business by over half of, you know, changing my relationships and letting clients go. And, and, um, that has brought me to this realization of something that I think is so important for anybody who wants to really take a big leap in life, which is sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards, like a slingshot. You know how you have to first you pull it back and then you let it go and only then can it really fire forward so powerfully. Right. It was like I had to, to be willing to walk into the fear of letting go of all that business and shifting in that way in the faith that I could move forward even more powerfully with the new ways of being and coaching and everything that I had been cultivating. And um, it was scary. It was really scary. And that was a, a super challenging time. And I would not be where I am today without having done that. That's great. So was it somewhat cathartic for you to, coach some of these people where it kind of filled the void uh, in your life and it kind of helped you overcome some of that loneliness? Um, no, I wouldn't say that I use my work to fill a void. I mean, the clients I'm really showing up in a giving energy. It's really for them. So no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, they were, there were clients who have actually went through that time with me and stayed my clients. But um, the thing with the loneliness is that I went all the way into it. I went, I reduced my life, which has been very social and traveling and that. And I reduced it into being with me, which was truly one of the most phenomenal things that I ever could have done. Because what I realized was that trying to avoid loneliness or even any little flavors of not being okay with me on my own or by myself at, on like the flip side of the coin made it so that there were people in my life that I had previously felt like I had to hold on to, or I had to stay in the relationship. And when I was willing to, for me, my journey, what I had to do was kind of go down to zero and know that I'm okay and I'm great. And I, love myself and I'm building my relationship with myself even more from that place. I've been able to really elevate and know that I don't need anyone in my life. I don't need things from people. And also I can enjoy them on a whole new level. That's fantastic. What do you think the root cause of that loneliness was? Mm. Truly? I think that loneliness is actually a, a lack of a relationship with you your own self. And another way to say that is 
there were places in my life where I wasn't following my inner guidance. I wasn't following what I knew was right for me. And it gives the sensation of feeling lonely when the truth is we are never actually alone. We always have ourselves. But when you're ignoring yourself and ignoring your deepest desires and what you really want, it can feel really lonely, even when you're surrounded by a bunch of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe sometimes you have to go on a date with yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, yes. speak, speaking of that, you're going on a date tonight, right? And it piqued my interest. How do you date in the middle of a quarantine? I know there's a pandemic happening. They just put restrictions back. There's some type of curfew. How do you do it? Maybe it's a good excuse. If you know, you can always tell the person if you're not interested. Hey, listen, there's a uh, <laughs> you know curfew. Yeah. I can't make it. I apologize. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> like a Larry there's David. Like a curfew. Yeah, yeah, or or if you just want to kind of stay really far away from the person, it's like, oh, we we're gonna stay far away. It's it's quarantine. COVID. God, imagine that <laughs> awkward first kiss during quarantine. My God, it'd be very, even worse. You have no idea what the person's a germophobic or, hey, can you remove your mask real quick? I just want to take a look at your smile, right? That's the move. But Well, uh, I think that the real interesting thing about dating in a time of COVID, since we're talking about it, is that it you actually get to know a lot about someone by how they're feeling about it and how they're experiencing it. And that's been a, an awesome piece for me because in the way that someone's having fear in the way that they want to handle the meeting. And I mean, there, you can tell so much about someone by this experience is really, I guess we can say that on all levels, dating included. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's true. Now, Sloan, tell me a little bit about Warriors of the Heart. You formed this company. It's, you know, your dream, your passion. You put everything into this. Let us know about the company, you know, like maybe a high level overview of what it represents and what you're doing currently with it. Yes. So Warriors of the Heart, first the name is really special to me because it it stands for a woman who is living her life fully from her heart, following her inner guidance, living passionately, going for it in her life, even when it's scary or painful or difficult, she's just really living full out. And the idea with this work that I do is really guiding women into living from that place, whatever it is for them. So I've shared some with you about my journey, and obviously that's just unique to me. And people have all kinds of journeys. And the one thing that everyone I know shares is a desire for more and a desire for fulfillment. And, and most people, when you get to a certain place, then a desire for purpose. And so it's really the exploration in life of what if your life stands for those things? What if you let yourself move into having a life where it's like for you and for the greatest contribution that you can make? And for some people, that might be being an awesome parent or a mom. And for other people, that has to do with their business and maybe everything in between. But the point is, is like, what's your heart calling you to do? Because I, I have this vision that as more people start to elevate in consciousness, as more people start to love themselves, we're really then changing the conversation that's going on in the, the planet and what's possible for us as humans and how we treat each other and, and just how we are actually living and enjoying this life. So yes, I feel very passionately about it and I feel very excited for all the people who are 
participating in this through my company or not, doing this work is it's a gift to yourself and to everyone around you. And I really firmly believe a gift to this planet. That's wonderful. What does it mean that you talk about living and playing full out? What does that mean? Define that for us. What I mean is really living where you're following your callings inside. So people are constantly having messages and desires and and things, guidance inside that most people are ignoring, mostly because of fear. But um, that could be something small from talk to this person, have an honest conversation with him to something bigger, like leave a relationship, start this business. Oh, go this, this way with your business or take that trip. I, I actually have a client who she's, she's been really wanting to go just spend some time with her family in Fiji or in Asia. And so it's like, what does it look like when you have that feeling inside to do that, but it doesn't seem logical or it doesn't seem part of reality. And what I'm talking about is living a life where you matter to yourself and also you're seeing a much bigger purpose that you're being guided towards something great. And it's almost like co-creating with life, not having to have everything all figured out, not having to do what everyone else is doing and not have to live by just all the rules so much as you're going inside first to see who am I? What do I really want? What do I have to contribute in this world? Even though taking steps towards all of that can seem really scary. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure. Now I know you work exclusively with women, right? Yes. Um, is this because they need the most work or is this because that you feel like oh. you, <laughs> that you, you, know, you connect with women because you are a woman and you know, it's just what you do? Well, originally in my business, half my clients were men and I love men. So there's nothing, it's nothing about that. It was more that I realized men and women actually are very different physiologically, emotionally, um, intellectually. We process things differently. We experience the world differently. And so what I realized was that with the, the depth of the work that I do, which is really helping people change their inner world perspective and then change their lives on the outside that to specialize in working with women, which I felt very passionately about would also allow me to help people more because now I can talk about on in the things that I do and, and actual, the actual work that I'm participating with women on things that really only affect women because I'm spending my time learning and studying and seeing how that works with myself. So it's not that the things that I talk about and this whole conversation applies to men and women equally. And in the deepest work that I'm doing, I'm able to access something as simple as um, women have a diffuse awareness. So we think about a lot of different things at one time where men have a single pointed focus. Generally, I'm generalizing. Okay. How does that matter? Well, first of all, those are both massive gifts that men and women we have. And if we're talking about women and let's talk about women in business, what ends up happening a lot of times for women in business is they use their diffuse awareness against themselves, meaning they can take on 50 tasks and kind of juggle those mentally and think about it all at once and get a lot of things done and be a high performer. 
And what they do oftentimes is that at the expense of their pleasure and at the expense of staying in their bodies and still being in their senses and being able to come home and be present with family and the things that are really important to them. And so having even that's just a simple thing, but understanding that and then working with women in that area to realize how they might be using their gifts and how they could shift into using them in a way that serves them and actually serves others more is something that I can do because I'm specializing in women and working with women in particular. No, that's great. What are women typically struggling with today when they come to you and you know you have your session with them, they join the community? What are some of the, the struggles that most women are facing right now? So I would say the biggest overarching theme is women saying, I'm really grateful for my life. I have a lot of amazing things going on and I know that more is possible for me. It's this feeling inside that I've found a lot of people have, which is almost a yearning, a calling for something. And it might be really clear what that thing is and it might not. But the fundamental point is like, I know I'm not quite in my greatness or I know that I could be more, even though this is great. And I'm ready to go looking for that. I'm ready to go claim it. And I'm ready to be living in my greatness and the fullness of what's possible for me in life. Now, if you're talking about the deeper, more specific things, do you want me to share some things like that in business and particular? Sure if, you, if you'd like to. Okay. Yeah. You know, I think a, a big piece is team. And I've had so much learning and growth and in the coaching and everything I was talking about with my entrepreneur clients and literally coaching hundreds of people, I've seen so much with employees and team. And one of the biggest struggles that I've kind of narrowed this into is, do you see your team? Are you visioning your team as fully competent, ready to step into or already having stepped into their roles as CEO of their position? Or are you looking at the team as never quite good enough? And the retired lawyer in me has had some challenges with, you know, as a lawyer, you're really good for looking at what's wrong, what needs to be fixed. And that's part of what makes me great at what I do. And then when I previously was taking that skill and applying it to my team, what it ends up doing is making it like no one's ever good enough. And I see a lot of people doing that period and also women where then you can't keep team or you end up holding on to all these tasks yourself and you're the bottleneck because you can't fully trust anyone. And there's a lot of detrimental things that come when you can't fully offload your team members position to them and then surrender and let them take over on it. No, absolutely. I love that. Now, from your perspective, do women love alpha males or do they love a project like a lost puppy needing to be nursed back to health? <laughs> Are you asking for you personally, Brian? No, no, no. I know the answer as far as I'm concerned, but um, <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you hear both sides of the equation. I've heard, I've had mixed signals from different women's perspectives. So I just love to get yours. I think that the answer really depends on probably the place that a woman is in terms of her um, self-awareness and maybe mental health, the same as for a man, really. You mean as far really. as men liking alpha so, females? As far as men, you know, wanting someone who, who actually adds and contributes to their life versus someone who's just a project. 
I don't know if that's, that's really what you were saying, but yeah, yeah. I think that, that really anybody that comes into your life is a reflection of who you are and how you're showing up at the moment. And so if you, if you choose to embody that perspective, then it's a really beautiful life practice to see either the things that you don't like about people or the things that you don't like about the interactions that you're having to really use it as a reflection of like, Oh, that's interesting. That's a place where I can elevate. That's a place where I can grow and evolve so that I'm attracting people into my life that are more in line with what I would like to experience. What do you think about that? Does that resonate with you? Yeah. You know, from what I've heard is that, women like men to take charge, right? They don't want to play games. They want the man to take charge and just to go for it. And, you know, there's been women that say, oh, I love to nurse these poor broken souls back to health, but that gets old quick. I mean, after a while they milk it and they become lazy and complacent and dependent. And after a while it just becomes, you know, an an absolute uh, burden, an albatross around their neck. So that's what I've heard. You know, I'm not a woman, so I'm not really sure about that, but it's great to get your perspective on it. I think that, Yes, to what you said. And also, I do know multiple women who they they get really empowered and they get clear about who they are. And the truth of who they are is that they are more alpha female. And in that case, they don't necessarily want a project, but they do want a man who maybe, you know, traditionally is is more passive or seeming more passive, but to fit in with who they are and they enjoy that. And then I know other women who do want the context that you were talking about. So I think it really depends on the person. And the most important thing is, are you acting from your conscious healed state or are you acting from patterns and from childhood wounds and all that? And that's a whole nother discussion here. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, I know one of your value propositions is to help people up-level their pleasure and business profitability. Now, do you think these two things go hand in hand? Like how important is it to experience both? Yes, 100%. I think it goes hand in hand. Let me give this analogy just, just for the big picture. It's like, imagine two people are working on the exact same business. Let's say they're financial advisors. So their business is to go out and meet people and bring in business and build their book of business. Okay. One is enjoying every moment. They love picking up that phone. They're curious about it. Who who am I going to talk to next? How's this going to turn out? They're talking about what they're doing. They're passionate. The other person equally as educated and skilled and all that is just like, okay, I got to get through this. I got to do this. I got to get money for my family or I got to just, all right. Yeah. I got to do this to get to the weekend. Can you just see how even looking at it that way over time, of course, logically, the, per, the first person is going to have more success, if for nothing else, that people want to be around them more. And then if we look at it energetically, the, the truth is, is that we're interacting with each other all the time in a lot of different ways. You know, our, the energy that comes off of a human body, they can currently measure a mile away, one person. So we are emitting energy and frequency all the time and there's a lot going on and there's a lot of other things I can share with you about this, but yes, a hundred percent, I guide women and really live my life from this place of how can I make this more fun? How can I be in even more pleasure? How can I enjoy myself more? Because it's like the grease on the wheels for everything you want in business to come to you with more ease and just 
it feels so much better along the way. Sure. And now define pleasure in your life. What does it look like to you? Pleasure. I just love that word. It <laughs> means <laughs> it's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It, I hear you know, women love the word pleasure, but they hate the word moist. So I won't say it more than once. Okay. I, I don't know. I think we might know different women, Brian. Okay, maybe. <laughs> okay. So anyway, pleasure to me means any experience of the senses for sure. And, and that can be um, any of your senses and actual experience. It can mean joy. It means fulfillment. It means anything that actually feels good. And when I say that, I, I mean, it could be mentally feels good and also physically feels good. So feeling your body, when I say that, when I talk about, you know, not just being in your head while you're working, it's actually really important, and this is for men and women. I just I think for women, it's really easy to get out of their body, and I'm, I'm more familiar with that. But for all of us, the idea is while you're working, and even if you're thinking a lot and you're, you're analyzing and it's easy to go up in your head, if you have the um, awareness of having your attention through your whole body, not just in your head, you're actually able to bring more of your presence and more of your awareness into the present moment, which is where all of your power is. So I think being in pleasure and feeling good and noticing your body is hugely important for making a shift. And one more thing I'll say about this because I love this topic is the way you feel on the journey is the way you feel when you arrive at your destination. So if you are in some kind of thing where you think you're just going to like grind it out and go and I just have to get this done and just one more day and that kind of mindset, especially with your business, let's say, the idea that you're going to arrive at being successful or having the things that you want or the relationship that you want and somehow you're going to be happier or feel better is an illusion. It's a lie. So cultivating pleasure and your enjoyment and your happiness and all that in the present moment is just as important and actually, if not more, than all the strategy and all the other things that feel like so important, they're so important, but are actually a mirage. Wow. It's very insightful. Now, speaking of that, I know you have a retreat coming up in January of 2021. Maybe you want to share some details about the retreat and uh, who's invited, who, who's going to be able to take advantage of this. Yes. Thank you for asking. I'm so excited about the retreat. This is my top, top experience that I create. And the retreat is actually an opportunity. So imagine the idea that you want to make a quantum leap in your life, meaning you want to have a big shift from what you're currently experiencing into something else. And for some of my clients, that's they really want to step into being playful and joyful again. For some of them, that's a seven-figure, multiple seven-figure business and kind of anything in between. And what I've done is I create this experience at the Beyond the Edge retreat where I take all of the women come with no phone and no email and no outside identity. So nobody shares their last name or what they do for business or anything else about who they are, what kind of car they drive, any of that. And you go in to have an experience of two things. The first is you get to play with expressing and being the version of you that you want to become. So practicing it in a very safe environment. And the other one is 
I create experiences for you to have a new vision of you, a new actual embodied experience of you as the changed version of yourself. So as the multiple seven-figure entrepreneur, as the joyful, playful person, so that when you leave this event, when you leave the experience, you now already see yourself, but also have experienced yourself in this new way that you can then go out and back into your life and create and grow from that place. So it's a such a beautiful, phenomenal, luxurious, amazing experience that I love. It's very small. So every retreat is only up to six women and they're professional women who are elevating in their lives. That's great. You guys get to walk on coals and, you know, drink champagne and No, no. I just send everybody to Tony Robbins for walking on coals and <laughs> this is a very high vibe retreat, so we don't have alcohol. But it's a life-changing experience. Wonderful. Well, Sloan, this has been fantastic. Any last words of wisdom, anything you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up? I think I'd like to share that whatever desire you have in your heart right now for who you are in this moment, no matter how strange it might seem, no matter how far off course, no matter how much your family might not agree, no matter any of that, there's a reason that that desire is inside of you. And on some level, it's an invitation to see more of who you can become and what you can experience in this life. Even if you can't quite connect how that desire moves you towards the other thing that you really want or where you want to be. Do you want to become the person who lives life from their own inspiration? Do you want to really experience all that life has in store for you, which is probably beyond what you could possibly imagine currently. And if you do, now's the time to take steps and to make moves because it's almost like life is waiting for you. The world needs your full self-expression and I'm excited to see it. I would love to be part of your journey in any way that feels good. Let's connect. And thank you so much for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. No, absolutely. Now, one last question, and yes. it's a personal question, just to get to know you just a little bit better. So you're going to be retiring on an island for the rest of your life. You can only bring one book, one movie, and one album. What would they be? Oof. One book, one movie. Okay. The book is actually um, really easy. That would be The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. I think he is the greatest philosopher of our times, and I've read that book multiple times times in multiple ways. It's phenomenal. I highly recommend it. Um, one movie, <laughs> you know, I don't actually have the answer to that, but I will say I've seen the big Lebowski multiple times and it makes me laugh every time. And I love to laugh. So I guess I'm going to say that. And what was the last one? So tonight you'll have to order a white Russian on your date. No, I love, <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that movie too. Last one is the album. The album. Oh my gosh. You know what? I don't have a specific album, but I will just say to answer your question, my very favorite DJs are above and beyond. And they just put out a, a set list on Spotify from their 400th AGBT anniversary event that was so good. And I'm just driving my car, loving life, feeling so good. So right now I'm going to bring that one with me. Awesome. Sloan, how do people get in touch with you, uh, learn more about Warriors of the Heart, the retreat, and yourself? 
So I would love to connect on Facebook. You can find me easily. My handle is Harda and Sloan, and I'm the only Sloan with one name. And for any women who have a business with revenues that are $250,000 or more, or who have had that in the past, I would also love for you to join me in the Daring Life Society, which is my women's group on Facebook. We're having a lot of juicy interaction, connection, networking, and content that I'm bringing to help everyone up-level in various ways in their lives and businesses. Awesome, Sloan. It's been a pleasure. Have a wonderful day. I wish you uh, the best of luck on your day tonight. Have a great Thanksgiving and keep up the good work. Thanks, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.